This is the most loaded episode of the Just Baseball Show we've had in quite some time. We just went like an hour with Peter Flaherty talking about the NCAA regionals. It's college baseball, Peter Apple. It's so back. So back. Regionals are starting group of fours before we get into Omaha in the middle of June to see who will take down the... Okay, so it's take down the Nets in college basketball. I'm embarrassed that I don't know what like the, the word is for college baseball. You know what? Let's just say win the national championship. We need something like tear down the nets or something. Who's going to dogpile on the mound? Yeah, who's going to dogpile on the mound? Did we just start something? I think that's already been started, but I'm (laughs) so down to lift that from somebody. I'm so in to take credit. I'm down to take credit too. You know, that's what we're all about here. Um, So we're going to do that. We're going to spend like 10-ish minutes on power rankings. But before we get into that, and by the way, the MLB power rankings are available on JustBaseball.com. Also on social media is at JustBaseball fans on TikTok at JustBaseballShow on Instagram. We're going to play a game right now. The game is funny shit that I found on Reuters, which I've done before on this podcast. Uh, The actual game is tell me when to stop reading. Fair? Okay, and I'd like to preface this. I have no idea what he's talking about. He said pre-recording, we're going to play a game, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I'm like, okay, let's play this game. The game is tell me when to stop reading. Okay. The headline on Reuters, which I think is hilarious because they're like four months behind on all their sports news, but they're on the money with everything else. Um, And they post like 10 articles every like five minutes. It's hilarious. Reuters, headline. Bees are fish under California Endangered Species Act, according to the state court. I'm going to keep going. This was read by, uh, or this was written by Barbara uh, Grzincic, uh, G-R-Z-I-N-C-I-C. So uh, Barbara did some great work here. Just tell me when to stop reading. Bumblebees are eligible for protection as endangered or threatened, quote, fish under California law, a state appeals court held in a win for environmental groups and the state's Fish and Game Commission. Keep going. No, what? What? They don't they don't breathe underwater. Yeah. So they're not amphibious. This is very weird. Like, so while, quote, fish is commonly understood to refer to aquatic species, the term of art employed by the legislature is not so limited. That doesn't even make any sense. That's also from the article. So bees are fish in California. Why just in California? None of this makes sense. I don't know. I just thought it was fun. So I can can retweet it. I'll actually retweet it right now. What Uh, kind of game was that? Why didn't you just tell me, hey, this is what's going on on this weird website that bees are now fish instead of a game. I didn't know what was going on. You wouldn't have let me read that out loud, though. So I just needed to do it. Okay. Let's talk power rankings because you brought them up on justbaseball.com. And I just have a couple of questions. Of course, if you want to see the full rankings, go check them out on the website. But 
Let's start at the tail end because there are now two teams that we have to talk about briefly because they don't deserve a ton of love right now because they haven't been playing well. But the Nationals and the Royals are at 30 and then 29. And the only reason I like to mention is because the Reds keep climbing up ever so slightly. But the Royals have dropped past the Reds. So why are the Royals down there? Because the Nationals have now been at 30 for a while. Dude, the Royals are terrible. I mean, like they've got some young pieces offensively. MJ Melendez looks good when he's in the lineup. Bobby Witt is starting to turn a corner and Benintendi has stayed solid. But the pitching staff has been horrid. Yeah. We were just talking about who their ace is. Daniel Daniel Lynch, who gave up six earned run yesterday to the Guardians. Brady Singer's coming off a good start, but... You know, is he an ace? Brad Keller has been good, but he's the guy due for regression if you look at the advanced numbers. So, and there's nothing really to love in the bullpen outside of the two guys with Stamont and Barlow. But besides that, not a lot to love. This is a young team that this doesn't seem to be the year. But think about this. Is next year even the year? Because like, you know, you look at the bats, obviously, and you've got Prado and Vinny Pasquantino waiting in AAA at the moment. Michael Massey is one of the minor league hits leaders, and he's a gold glove caliber second baseman in AA. So the bats are going to be good. Are there any arms that anyone's excited about? That's the thing. That's the thing. The pitching is just not. We might have been not only a year early, like I was last year. We might have been a couple wrong. of years. Yeah, maybe half a decade early. Like, I'm thinking, like, full-blown wrong. Like, I don't think the Royals have any pitcher that will be a very good MLB starter in their organization right now. You were just in AAA. I mean, with your job, you were watching Jackson Coar. You texted us four innings, 90 pitches for Jackson Coar. He couldn't throw a strike yesterday. He walked five guys in four innings. Chris Bubich. I'm going to see Bubich today. Exactly. You are going to see Chris Bubich. I shouldn't be seeing him. He should be at Kauffman Stadium. You're going to be in an MLB booth someday because you kill this. But quite honestly, you should not be seeing Chris Bubich and Jackson Cora in AAA. You just shouldn't. Correct. Correct. And we move forward. The Pirates made a little jump to 26. Just want to shout them out. Um, Because we were saying uh, for the next 15 years, which team would you want to latch on to between the Pirates, the Rangers, the Reds, and the Royals? And Armand sided with the Pirates. I'm in on the Pirates. They've got young pieces, and I just listed a ton of the young people that are coming up right now. Uh, And there are more waiting in Indianapolis. Obviously, I'm seeing them. They're still an incredibly young and good roster, but Cal Mitchell's been the leadoff guy for them. I really love Cal Mitchell and the way that he plays. Uh, He also carries himself really well. Yeri De Los Santos is gross in the bullpen. Tucapito Marcano just hit home runs in back-to-back games against the Dodgers. Jack Sawinski is not going anywhere right now. Rodolfo Castro looks pretty solid. He was in the five hole. I mean, this team is like, they're not good right now, but they show traces of being good in a couple of years, which is all we ask for with the Pirates. Yeah, they have a negative 81 run differential, which is the worst in their division, worse than the Reds, worse than the Cubs, but they're in third place and they have, they have a better record. The Phillies are 21 and 29. The Pirates are 21 and 27. I saw Jeff Passon's tweet. They're not even, Phillies aren't even the best team in Pennsylvania right now. Dude, that, I mean, that, that's brutal. And I think the Phillies dropped what, like two spots? Um, I think they were 14 last time and they're 16 now. I still think that they have talent, but I mean, this team is like, in terms of morale, I don't think there's a team lower than the Philadelphia Phillies at the moment. 
Agreed. But the I thought the one mistake in your article, because I'm, yes. I'm going to call you out because there's only one I thought. That's fine. Why are the Why are the Rangers at 24? I mean, they're 24 and 24. They have a plus 13 run differential. I think they're better than this. And you have them, you know, the previous ranking was 26 and you moved them up a little bit. But for example, like they're followed by the Cubs, the Orioles at 22, the Rockies at 21, even the Mariners at 14. I think you can make the argument that the Rangers are better than all of those teams. Um, Mariners are 20, right? Yeah, Mariners are 20. Okay. And for example, like the Rangers are ahead of the Mariners in the standings. I know, but like, do you think that the Rangers are actually a better team than the Mariners? I think it's closer than a lot of people think. Because the with the Rangers with Semyon heating up a bit, because he has looked better lately, their offense is starting to roll, and Jonah Heim looks like actually a real catcher for them. Yeah, like an and MLB pitching, starter. They're pitching with Martin Perez. I mean, he just shoved again against the Rays. That's my thing. Teams have 13 pitchers on the roster, and one's really good. But I think John Gray will be better. But he hasn't been. Yeah, but I think we think he'll be better. Uh, I don't necessarily think he'll be better. I mean, the Rangers have scored 211 runs. That's, that's one of the highest in the – that's higher than the Astros. They can hit. They, can they, have, hit. they have a plus 13 run difference. Dude, pitching's half the battle, and they just can't do it. All right, I'm fine with that. And then followed – um, it's the, so we have at number 19, we have the Arizona Diamondbacks and then the Marlins, which makes a lot of sense. Then the guardians who I thought were a little bit low, but then we get to the Phillies at 16. Quite honestly, I thought you could have dropped the Phillies, but why are they, you still believe in them though? I, I just think that like, they have a better roster than like the teams under them. You know what I, Bryce Harper, he's still got an OPS well over 900. Um, Kyle Schwarber, we know what kind of boom he's got in the bat. We know what kind of boom Nick Castellanos has, we know what Alec Boom, Alec Bohm can do offensively. We know what Real Muto can do offensively. I just think there are like enough pieces here, and I think there's enough pieces on the mound too. Now, there's no overlooking that this is the worst defense in baseball by quite a wide margin. If you just look at team outs above average, they're the worst team in baseball by two outs. It's it's bad. They're negative 19 and outs above average as a team. Do you think this team goes over 500 this year or under? I think under. But, I mean, 16, like I view 15 as the teams that are 500 and above. 16 is the teams that are below 500. I think they're going to be close to 500, but I think they're below 500. That's why I didn't understand the White Sox at 15. I mean, we know that they're going to be better. I think even at their worst right now, they're 23 and 24. They've been beaten down by injuries. um, I mean, Tim Anderson has now hit the IL. Luis Robert is going to be out the next couple of weeks. Lance Lynn still hasn't returned. Eloy Jimenez is still out and they're still treading water. The run differential doesn't look great at negative 46, but they are 23 and 24. They have actually jumped over the guardians in their division. I feel like you're too down on your own team. Uh, make sure you listen to tomorrow's episode. We have Matt Spiegel on a 670 The Score. Um, also talking about MLB Beat the Streak Daily. He's hosting the Beat the Streak Daily podcast through Major League Baseball and Odyssey. Um, that's also a fun-ass game. Do you ever play Beat the Streak? I had a very – it was – it was I think it was three or four years ago. I was in college. Got to 42. Dude. Lost you got to get back into it. I know. Especially because we're talking to Matt about it. 
I was so nervous making that pick and it ended up losing. I forget who it was, but that's that's my best record, 42 and beat the streak. Get back into beat the streak, man. It's I know it's fun. all the way back now. So get I, back I into give out it. so many picks, especially on prize picks too. Yeah, just add one more. We're good. We're good. We'll we'll just keep betting on shit that we can find. Yeah, why not, man? Um, and it's free to play. Um, but yeah, we we talked to him about the White Sox and Cubs too. He brought up this number that I had no idea was was legitimate, but apparently the White Sox have played 47 games and Tony Larusa has run out 47 different lineups. That's absurd. That's disgustingly bad. It's crazy. But I it's mean, also, he's had to deal with a litany of injuries. To yeah, so, so yeah. that's why they're at 15, because they can't stay healthy. When they're healthy, they, they jump up. Like, there are a lot of teams that, you know, and that's why we update it every other week. Like, the White Sox, they're at 15 right now because they haven't been healthy. When they're at full health and they win eight in a row, which I think we're both uh, of the thinking that they're going to do, they're going to jump to near 10. San Francisco, I want to say, is nine right now, but there's a chance that they lose seven in a row and they drop to this 15 range. So moving forward, you have the biggest jump, Red Sox. Yeah. At 14, the previous ranking was 22. The Braves dropped slightly, and the Blue Jays have dropped now four spots. Yeah. Arm and I were talking about this. I, I've continued to say do not count out the Red Sox, but the Blue Jays are an interesting team right now because – do we think that they are definitely making the playoffs? So I'm going to point to two people that I don't think a lot of people are talking about as X factors. For the Red Sox, obviously you look at J.D. Martinez and you look at Rafael Devers and you look at what Trevor Story has done over the last couple of weeks. Nick freaking Pavetta has been the biggest piece for the Boston Red Sox. He has turned a corner from April to May. His April ERA, I want to say it was like eight and a half. His May ERA is like mid twos. This guy is a beast in May. If Pavetta is good for them and Sale comes back healthy, this is a brand new Red Sox team from the one that we saw in April. And I got to say, I am loving Garrett Whitlock. He looks yes. like a real pitcher. And then you add him and then Nady Evaldi. He's had some really, really bad home runs. He's had luck. a bad month. That should normalize though. I mean, that's not, that's, he's not going to lead the league in home runs allowed for the rest of the year. And then the Blue Jays, you can talk about Alejandro Kirk being good. You can talk about George Springer being good. You can talk about Espinal. I know that we love Santiago Espinal. Um, and, and Vladdy's left a little bit to be desired. Bo Bichette's obviously had a down year. Jose Barrios, the guy that they signed for $131 million to be their ace for the next seven years, had a seven ERA in May. That's worse than his shitty April. He somehow took a shitty first month and got way shittier. He's had some good starts. The 70 RA tells you what the month looks like in full, but he has had good spurts. But that that's the thing. He's With had good, good spurts, starts, very bad spurts. And it's still a 7 ERA. So at his worst, he's giving you no chance to win. And at his best, he's keeping you in the ballgame. And that's not even what a 3 is supposed to do in a rotation. Especially no, not supposed to be a steadying presence. So moving forward to 11. Yeah. Cause you know, we, we've been bashing on the blue Jays a little bit, maybe time to get to another team. St. Louis Cardinals are number 11. They are just, they might even be better than number 11. The, my only thing again is the starting pitching. Yes. That's my only thing. Um, that's my only thing too. I, I think the bats have been awesome. And like we were expecting Tyler O'Neill to be the guy. 
O'Neal hasn't been the guy, but you know what? Brendan Donovan's been great. Like Juan Yepes has been good. Nolan Gorman has been great since he came up. There are so many guys that are performing so well at the moment. And oh, by the way, they lead baseball in stolen bases. And you've got Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina clogging the fucking base paths every game. Not too bad. It's crazy. It's fantastic. I mean, they're just, and they're a fun team to watch too. If They're so fun, dude. I find myself gravitating towards the Cardinals to watch all the time. You and I are just big Cardinals fans. Okay. Moving into the top 10, we got the Minnesota Twins. Previous ranking was 13th, and it's because Luis Arias is Tony Gwynn. It's him. He is him. He is Tony he is Gwynn. him. He's he's every analytics least favorite player. Not particularly because he's a batting average guy, but I love him. I think he had a 500 OBP in May. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good right now. Um, and then moving on to number nine in the San Francisco Giants. Took a little bit of a dive, but we still believe in the Giants. They just have to get healthy. They have no Brandon Belt, no Slater, no Lamont Wade. Desclafani is still out. Matthew Boyd has yet to really make an appearance. And Jake McGee just has not been the same guy in their bullpen as last year. Camilo Duvall has taken that next step like we all thought he would, but Jake McGee has taken a huge step back, and so has their Rodgers in the back end too. And I'm going to say if if we are looking at the big names – um, for as bad as Carlos Rodon was this past month, Jack Peterson has totally spelled that. Jack Peterson's been one of the best players in baseball for the last three weeks. It's kind of incredible to watch him too. So moving closer, because if you want to see the rest of the top 10, make sure you go check it out on justbaseball.com. Moving into the top five, you have the Angels, yeah. which I love, and you raised them up a spot and dropped the Padres. Why this sudden switch? Um, I think the sudden switch, because I'm just like fully buying into what the angels are doing. And I think that the angels might be a a bit more sustainable than what the Padres are doing at the moment. Um, you know, obviously the Padres are going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. Back at some point, and then they're going to become legitimate world series contenders. And I think if you're looking at a world series futures bet to make right now, you should take a long, hard look at the San Diego Padres, um, because they've got pitching depth and they've got arguably the most talented baseball player on the planet coming back. Um, so take a look at them. But I, I think that, yeah, Mackenzie Gore's got a one seven one ERA. Yeah, Joe Musgrove looks like a Cy Young winner. I don't think those two keep pace the same way that Mike Trout keeps pace. You know what I mean? I think you're right. Moving into another team that I think once they get healthy, they'll be even better than this. That's the New York Mets at number four. They have they are 34 and 17. They, they are now 10 and a half games up of the Braves, and they don't have Jacob deGrom right now, and they don't have Max Scherzer, and they don't have Tyler McGill, and they don't have James McCann, who is their starting catcher. This team is only going to get better, and this really is a perennial favorite in the National League. Yeah, I mean, like it all depends on starting pitcher health at yeah. this point. If if their starting pitchers get healthy, like Pace it out, man. This this could be a summer where you're not at full strength. But in September, if you have the second best record in the National League, only behind the Dodgers, like like they do right now, if you go into September with a healthy DeGrom, Scherzer, and Tyler McGill and Bassett, I mean, I mean, I mean, and the Astros are at three and Dodgers are at two, but the Yankees are 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 still at one and deservedly so. What would the Yankees need to do to get them out of the top spot? Because we know how good the Dodgers are. And 
in any power rankings, you can put the Dodgers at one, and I don't think anybody is going to argue with you, but at least right now the Yankees are one. What would the Yankees need to do to knock them off? Because the Dodgers, we just know that they're going to be one. The Yankees have to prove it. I guess just go like 10 and 10 over 20 games because the Mm -hmm. Dodgers are going to be better than that. You know what I mean? The Yankees, they control their own destiny at the moment, I think. Um, The Dodgers are are the Dodgers. We know what they can do, but they're not challenged on a nightly basis like the Yankees are. I feel like the Yankees are, are meeting the moment a lot more than the Dodgers are. I mean, the Dodgers just dropped two to the Pirates. Um, So I just don't see that team, that Yankee team, doing that right now. Now, in two weeks, we might revisit and say, oh, yeah, they dropped two to to Baltimore. I don't even know if Baltimore's on the schedule in the next two weeks, but they could drop two to a bad team, and and then we're sitting here looking at the Dodgers as the number one team. But I think the Yankees are just a bit more of a hot-hand wagon than the Dodgers are right now. And we're about to move over into our college conversation, but I guess the last thing that I just want to ask you is, or not really ask you more, we'll ask you and tell you. Yeah. I keep waiting for the Yankees to have this cold streak. I keep waiting for Jordan Montgomery to not go seven of one run ball. It's incredible. And I said at the beginning, it's, it's when they're pitching, they can still stay within ball games. And then when they're pitching and hitting, they're unstoppable. There are not many games where they're not hitting. There's two guys in the lineup who aren't hitting and that's Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks. IKF has had his struggles, but I still like him as an option at shortstop. He's not going to blow anybody away, but he's still solid. Glaber has been hitting the ball. Judge is an MVP candidate. Stanton's on the shelf right now, but he's great. I don't see many weaknesses here with the Yankees team. I think they have a real shot at winning this division. And I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the year. I think they have a real shot at winning the World Series. That's why they're the number one team. So let's talk about college baseball now that we just deemed the Yankees the best team in baseball. College baseball with the Peters. Here we are. I know I would mess up the actual title. Peter Flaherty is awesome with just baseball. He's one of the co-hosts of the Boys of Spring podcast. I've got that one right. Give me your title with the Katuit Kettleers in the Cape Cod Baseball League. Uh, and then you also do some scouting professionally, yeah? Yeah, so it's, it's, an, it's an interesting one with the Kettleers. I'm the director of baseball operations. Basically, I just help out our head coach and GM and forming the roster, calling up players, seeing if they'd want to play for us, reaching out to advisors, college coaches, really, I guess the Swiss army knife of the organization, at least I hope I'm viewed that way. Yeah. Um, And then also I do a little bit of associate scouting work with the Yankees um, in the Northeast, helping out our Northeast area scout, going up to college games, high school games, whoever might be of interest for the draft. And one of the uh, weapons in the Swiss army knife is driving. Um, So you're picking up uh, a guy that might be a top 10 pick in this year's draft. The Cape season gets going very shortly, and uh, you're going to grab Cam Collier who's going to play for you guys for a couple of weeks until uh, until his name is called. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Driving is probably my best tool. I've got a lot of miles on the old Acura MDX out there and 80 grade driver. On the <laughs> I hope so. I got a clean record, so Good. I'll be jetting it up to Providence tomorrow and scooping up Cam Collier and Kenya Huggins, two guys that we're really excited to have until the draft and two guys that I know we view very highly and the industry views very highly. And I think they're going to help us win a lot of games. Before we get to the college baseball talk, who was a player that you've driven before that you have either a funny story about, or just someone that was just awesome to talk to. The easy answer there. I got two. Uh, Carter Trice from old dominion and Nathan Martorella at Cal Berkeley. They were two guys who, 
both with myself and with each other just clicked instantly. And when you get that instant connection, it's, it's just a lot of fun. You become immediately loose. We've got so many stories from driving them around, whether it's Chick-fil-A or just like goofing off in the car. And th those are two guys that I'll remember probably for the rest of my life. They're, they're two of the funniest and talented baseball players that, that I've been around. That's the beauty of the Cape. And um, not only do you get the most prized possessions of college baseball programs, but they also turn out to be pretty solid dudes. So uh, summer on my Cape, I think will long reign as the best summer of my entire life. And you get to do it every year. And you know what? F you for doing that. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I say. Cause it, it, it's like, I recycle the same line at every single year because I know in somehow some way that each summer is going to be the best one of my life. So it's, I mean, you know it from being up here for a summer. It's yeah, it's indescribable and and unexplainable until you actually get to experience it. You can say, "Oh, it'll be the best." Uh, you'll make memories that'll last forever. These people will stick with you, and like going into it, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, sure, I, I've I've heard that one before." Whether it's going to Syracuse or yeah, in high school, but you know, it, it really does, and and it's a special league with a lot of special people. So I'm I'm super lucky. So as you can tell, Peter Flaherty's background is in player evaluation. He does it all the time with college baseball. We've got 64 teams that Peter Flaherty probably knows at least one thing about, which is going to be <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're going to walk through the regionals rapid fire, uh, and we're going to kind of sift, sift out like the men from the boys, and then we'll get to the supers. We're pretty much going to walk through and, and handpick with our expert, uh, a field that'll be in Omaha at TD Ameritrade Park. So uh, we'll go rapid fire here. But Peter, you got Peter Apple. You got any more uh, thoughts for Peter Flaherty before we hop into the field on mass? I'm just excited to hop into the field because I have a lot of questions pertaining to a lot of these teams in the field and I want to unpack Pete's mind. So it's Pete versus Pete trying to build the ultimate uh, college baseball bracket with Jack as well. But Pete and Pete sounds cooler. Yeah, I, it I does. think we'll do a good job. Perfect. I think we'll do a good job too. I mean, let, let's start top left of this bracket. And I'm going to be filling it out on my iPad as well. I'm breaking the handy, the handy. Um, I, I said to you guys via text that I think this is the Tennessee Invitational. Uh, and, and Ryan Miller, one of your co-hosts on the Boys of Spring podcast, told me that this might be the best college team that we've seen in our lives. Tennessee is 53 and seven. They are the one seed, obviously, in the Knoxville Regional. Georgia Tech is the two. Campbell, the three. Alabama State, the four. Peter Flaherty, I mean, like this is just Tennessee easy, right? Yeah. So after that Kentucky series where they made Tennessee look a little bit human, um, I was a little bit wondering if it would turn into that less Tennessee invitational, but they went into Hoover and, and just ran through it. And looking at that left pod, no disrespect to Campbell and Georgia Tech and Alabama State, who are all three quality clubs. I just don't see anyone beating Tennessee twice, let alone in Knoxville. Um, if there's any team that can hit with Tennessee, it's probably Georgia Tech. Um, but with that being said, they have to hit Tennessee's pitching, which is Chase Dolander, Blade Tidwell, Chase Burn. I could name the I could literally name the entire yeah. Tennessee pitching staff. Yeah. So yeah, I, awesome. I I've got Tennessee. Uh, it and Campbell and Georgia Tech is a great two and three matchup with Zach Neto on Campbell, Thomas Harrington, yeah, those types of guys, and and Georgia Tech's high powered lineup, but. Man, I, I, it's just so tough. It's going to be so tough to beat this Tennessee team. 
I will say I'm incredibly excited to watch this group of four because Georgia Tech can really hit with Kevin Parada, who's going to be a top five pick in the draft. Their catcher who just he's got 26 bombs, 83 RBIs or something as a catcher. Unbelievable. You said yourself, Zach Neto and Campbell can really hit. I think they're in the upper echelon of home runs in, in college baseball as well. This is just going to be bombs away, but Tennessee just has too much pitching and they should zoom past this, but it's going to be really fun to watch because there's going to be a ton of offense. How does Dolander yeah. look as a, as a pro prospect? I, I might be bullish on him. Uh, I, there's a chance I that he's him. the first pitcher selected off the draft board next year in 2023. So and that, that could be one, one. Um, yeah. He's that good. And I've been sending video in our group chat all weekend and, and spamming it with college baseball their eight hole hitter, Tennessee is a kid named Drew Burke. Um, and he's got maybe the most raw power of anyone in the country for anyone listening or watching. Do yourself a favor, look up Drew Burke, even on Twitter, you'll see his swing and you'll be hooked. Um, and then that goes without saying they've got their, again, just so I could name their whole pitching staff. They're a, the perfect team that exemplifies and lives up to that with no holes, um, yeah. whether it be on the mound uh, the lineup is just such a long and talented lineup with Beck and Gilbert. And you look at their coaching staff and Tony Vitello and the, and the rest of that group, that's a bunch that they've got swagger. You want to play for him. Tony Vitello gets into the games. He fights for his guys. They have the perfect mix from top to bottom to not only win it all this year, but to, to dominate the college baseball landscape. I think for years to come, they might not win 53 games five years in a row, yeah. But we're going to be talking about Tennessee baseball for probably the next decade. Yeah. So Tennessee is obviously the number one national seed. The number 16 national seed uh, is Georgia Southern. And that pod includes Georgia Southern, who was a 41 team again, 40 and 18. Notre Dame is the two at 35 and 14. Texas Tech is the three. UNC Greensboro is the four. I don't know much about this pod. I know that Notre Dame was really good last year. I know that they continued. Yeah, I just have a I have a quick question too. In my opinion, this seems like the weakest group of four out of all the groups of four. Am I wrong there? Because Notre Dame is is pretty good. Texas Tech is pretty good, but Georgia Southern isn't doesn't scare me either. That that was my read that this is probably the weakest group of four out of all of them. So when looking at it, I think that Notre Dame, honestly, they they should have been a host. Um, I don't know what team you take out to replace them with you might even you could even make the argument that you swap Notre Dame and Georgia Southern right. um but I think Notre Dame's a really good team Texas Tech can they've obviously got Jace Young um yeah. I they just don't have the I think the depth that they've had in the in in years past in the Tim Tadlock era um but that's a little bit of a tough draw down there for Georgia Southern who is a good team um but if you look at it, Tennessee swept them in the first weekend pretty easily. Um, and and that, they ended up being a host. So I think that whoever makes, makes it out of this pod is just going to fall victim to Tennessee. And with that being said, I've got Notre Dame. They're playing really good baseball. Link Jarrett's a great head coach. They have a good pitching staff and they're experienced. They don't really have that headline bat or arm that you look at on other teams. And you're like, hey. Texas or Tennessee has Chase Dolander. Notre Dame is kind of a collection of experienced guys on the mound. They've got Liam Simon, who's probably their best prospect. Um, and then it's a bunch of older experienced guys. They've got Jack Brannigan, who's a two-way, um, Brooks Coetzee, 
Um, and then a couple of freshman arms who've stepped up, Jack Finley and Roman Kimball. So I think that I think Notre Dame's gonna come out of this pod and 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 head on down to Knoxville. One quick question before we move on to the next regional. Uh, how does Texas Tech travel typically? Because you mentioned Jace Young. He's the younger brother of Josh Young, who, if he didn't tear his labrum, would be knocking on the door of the Texas Rangers and would probably already be there. Probably Jace there. Young is a first-round pick. Um, Texas Tech obviously has talent. It's at Georgia Southern. Obviously, Georgia Southern is going to be the school that draws the most people, but does Texas Tech draw like an SEC school? That's a great question to ask, and it's and it's a it's an underrated variable, which is which is kind of bringing that home field advantage to wherever you are. Texas Tech has a great fan base; they fill up their stadium really well. They travel well, so and Georgia Southern's a reasonably pretty. It's I a think, smaller school. Yeah, it's an easy regional to get to um, if you're not hosting out. Even though they're out in Lubbock, I I think that they'd be more willing to travel there than up to Corvallis, Oregon. So no, I I think they'll travel well and and. It, that three-two matchup, I think, um, I'll stick a heavy label on it early. I think whoever wins that three-two matchup between Texas Tech and Notre Dame is going to win the regional. Um, How about it? Yeah, I like that. no, I, I, I think it's going to be a really good baseball game. It's going to be really that. That was the most like eight-year-old phrasing of all time. No, but it's going to be it. a really well-played game. <laughs> um, two teams with a lot of good players. I give the slight edge to Notre Dame. I think they've got a little more pitching that they can neutralize that top of the Texas tech lineup with young and, and Kurt Wilson. Um, so I've got Notre Dame winning that game and then, and then winning the regional over Georgia Southern. All right. Next one. Uh, it's in Austin, Texas is the, uh, what they're the nine national seeds. So Texas is 42 and 19. And if I had to power rank nicknames, um, in college baseball right now, number three is Tommy tanks on NC state who unfortunately got left out. Number two is Sonny D, Sonny DeShera in Auburn. And number one is the Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez. That is a kick-ass nickname. So Ivan Melendez in Texas are hosting Louisiana Tech, Dallas Baptist, and Air Force. Peter Apple mentioned that this was one of the weaker regionals the Georgia Southern was. I think this has to be one of the stronger ones, right? Yeah, no. I, well, first off on the nicknames, I think the Hispanic Titanic, I think it sets the bar for like, yeah, agree. It's no, it, there's no nickname more perfect, and the fact that he lives up to it by hitting 405 with 29 pumps, yeah, that's that makes it even better. So I, I think this is a really good regional, and and it's not your typical four seed with Air Force. We saw Air Force go down to Texas, um, for a midweek series of Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, obviously, Air Force didn't see the the Pete Hansons on the Texas pitching staff, but but they hit with Texas and and they beat Texas one game and they honestly had the other game for the taking. So Texas is going to be on high alert, but when you talk about fans and home field advantage, I, I think at the dish, it's about as big a home field advantage as you can get. Those fans are fantastic. They're into every single game and I, they're just, it's going to be all burnt orange across there. And what I think air force, they're going to throw Paul Skeens on the mound. I know that um, who is, probably the best two-way player in the country. Um, he also catches for them. He's sitting 330 with 10 jacks. And on the mound, he's got a 270 RA as a Friday guy. And he's just a fantastic player. I think that he's going to give him a really good outing. I just don't know if – actually, you know what? Air Force might be able to hit. I just think Pete Hansen is, is as talented an arm as you can find in the Big 12. And Texas is going to be all fired up because of the home field and they want to get back to Omaha – 
Um, but I think this is going to be a really close one, four game. And I, and I think Texas wins that, um, DBU and LaTeX, LaTeX won the conference USA, which for my money, it's, it's a slept on conference. I think it's there's a great an conference. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think there's an argument to be made that UT San Antonio and old dominion should have been in the field. Um, but they got left out and yep. Dallas Baptist has, has been one of the best, if not the best mid-major school in college baseball for a while now. So 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Pete. That's going to be a great game. But again, I think like we saw with the Knoxville regional, I think there's a chance that they just run into a roadblock with Texas and feeding off of that home crowd. But I, I would not be shocked at all. If, if Dallas Baptist comes out of this region, I, I, I think that they're a very good team they played a lot of very good teams. And so they, they're no stranger to going into a hostile environment of one of these bigger schools. Um, but I've got, I've got Texas, but they're, they're not going to cruise to it. I think that they may lose a game. I think there might be a decisive game three in that regional championship. Yeah. Um, so I've got Texas by the skin of their teeth going to a super regional. And Pete, we, uh, you and I were big fans of Texas at the beginning yeah. of the year. Texas was my team to win it all. And I think the loss of Tanner Witt, um, the great right-handed pitcher for Texas, definitely hurt them. Do you see that hurting them down the line as well? Because you're going to need pitching to win this. And although they're going to hit, Ivan Melendez, I mean, we should talk about him as having one of the greatest college baseball seasons in the past decade or two, similar to Posey, you know, with FSU or similar to Chris Bryant those kind of seasons that's what Ivan Melendez is putting up but I feel like the loss of Tanner Witt could come back to bite them even though the Texas pitching staff is strong I just feel like when you're going to go face the Tennessees of the world you're going to face some of the best college teams that that loss is going to be a big one don't have to do it till the supers right (laughs) true yeah yeah they won't yeah I I think any time where you take a huge piece of what would make up say your, your, your pitching depth. If you take that out of the equation, you might not necessarily feel that in the regular season because you have that set schedule of you got your weekend series, then a midweek and all this, and you kind of get in a routine where there, there aren't too, too many variables, but when you throw that out the window and you're playing, you know, maybe four games in four days, five and seven days, something along the lines of that, I, I think it's going to catch up to you where when you throw your guys like Lucas Gordon and Pete Hansen and they need four to five days of rest, or you want to roll with them on short days rest. I know for a fact that they're thinking, man, if we had Tanner Witt here, you know, we'd be way better off because we save one of these guys and their bullpen hasn't exactly been the stablest of bullpens. Like I think to, to get by air force and I'm going to stick with my Texas pick, they're going to need a really quality start out of I think that they'll go with they might go with Lucas Gordon but I think they'll go with Pete Hansen um their proven experienced guy they're going to need a really good start out of him I think to beat Air Force because they can really hit and looking at this Texas bullpen they've been a little shaky throughout the year Aaron Nixon their all-american closer hasn't quite been able to find his groove but he's a guy who has the stuff that is as lights out as, as anyone in the country so yeah. Long-winded answer short. I, I think that they're going to feel the loss of Tanner Witt probably as they, as they get into a super regional, assuming they make it there. This one's going to be tough. Uh, East Carolina is the one. They're 42 and 18. Virginia is the two. They can swing it. Which Geloff is that? Jake or Zach? Jake. And he's Jake. And, and Zach can freaking rake. And, yeah. and Jake, 
Jake might be on par with him. He's he's that Jake good. might be the best hitter in the country right now. I mean, probably not because no, he got Melendez. Jake Berry, but oh my god, <laughs> can he rake. You said Barry? No, it's Melendez. Oh, yeah, Melendez too, of course. Yeah, yeah. dude. No, but man, Jake Gell, there are a lot of good hitters in the country, by the way. Not to <laughs> yeah. aside, yeah, there are there a lot are, of really yeah. good hitters. It's a big um, country. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> exactly. No, Jake, Jake is awesome. And and in this regional, like you said, man, I had this one circled as it's gonna be a a re it's just gonna be a knockout drag out region. You got you got East Carolina as the one, Virginia the two, Coastal as the three, and we know what Coastal can do. Uh, and then you got Coppin State as the four. Coppin State was twenty four and twenty eight. They're kind of a rollover, but everybody else, I mean, come on, man, loaded. Yeah, no, and, and this is a regional where especially any of these one through three seeds. I think obviously ECU could he's very well win it. Um, yeah. But there's a there's a very valid argument to be made for Coastal to win it. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. Um, we saw it when they won it all um, in 2016. They came into the tournament the hot, and they ever. just they just kept rolling. Um, but looking at this, I like Virginia a lot. Um, they obviously got off to that roaring start that vaulted them into the top three to five in everyone's rankings. Um, then they little, they, they scuffled a bit in ACC play. You kind of saw them, you know, maybe not display the pitching depth that they've had. Um, but I, I really like, I don't know why I really like Virginia coming out of this region. Um, Brian O'Connor is a great coach. Um, that's not to knock Cliff Godwin. Cause again, if you want to talk about fans and, and, and proven teams look no further than ECU, but, yeah. um, I like Virginia a lot when you look at their lineup with, Obviously, it starts with Jake Geloff, but they're deep. They're you can't put compare anyone to Tennessee, but that's another lineup that's really long. You've got Geloff, Saki, Griffin O'Farrell, um, Kyle Teal, um, Chris Newell. So it's a lineup that's gonna be that's gonna wear on a pitching staff. And I think that they they can get by a really good coastal Carolina team. No disrespect to Cobbin State. I think EC wins that game. Um <laughs> 10 nothing. Yeah. Jack, Jack, I'm <laughs> but, surprised. Uh, Jack, I'm surprised Kyle Guy hasn't made his way onto the Virginia baseball team, considering that he played at Virginia in college basketball for about nine years. I feel like he'd find his way onto the baseball team. Wait, he tied Jerome and uh, what Jay Huff was. The, I mean, DeAndre Hunter like was an obvious one and done. But Kyle Guy has legit played nine years for that school. Well, he's gone now. He's been yeah. he's been with the Kings for a minute. They might not just, have Kyle Guy, but you know who they do have? They've got their the quarterback, Jay Wolfolk, who's the no way. football team. Yeah. He plays baseball too? Yeah, he, th- he throws meaningful innings for the staff too. He's thrown, I think, 35 innings this year. And he's Whoa. really good. Obviously, he's got a stupid good arm. Yeah, I had no idea that he played baseball as well. Uh, yeah. Let's go to College Station here. So we've got Virginia coming out of that. Yes, Fair. have UVA. Um, I also love how you keep on referencing the head coaches because obviously on the Cape, you got to be on their good side. So, oh yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> you see right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I love you know that. Um, college station. That's A&M as the one They're 37 and 18 TCU as the two Louisiana as the three. That's the Ragin' Cajuns previously known as UL Lafayette uh, and Oral Roberts 38 and 18. They are the four seed in that regional. Yeah. Well, first you guys start with the coach. No, I'm kidding. Um, this is <laughs> This is a good regional. Oral Roberts is actually a sneaky good team. Um, shout out Dustin Demeter. Yeah, shout uh, out our guys. Yeah, exactly. Oral Roberts is a four seed that I think could actually pose some trouble to AM. Um, as good as AM was this year, and, and the turnaround was incredible 
you know, from not being, I think they didn't make a regional last year. If they did, that's my bad, but they didn't have a good year last year. They're where they are now, um, which is, I, they're a top five national seed. Um, but Earl Roberts is really good. Um, Jackson Lofton is a guy at the top of the lineup who is a big bodied shortstop. He's a legitimate pro prospect. Um, he hit 350 this year with 10 bombs and 25 bags. They have one of the better, if not the best, relatively, I think, unknown bullpen arms in the country with Cade Denton. Um, his ERA is a minuscule 0.44, and that's not 11 innings. He's thrown 41 innings, 52 Ks to 11 walks, and a 160 opponent's batting average. And if there's going to be one guy to, to lead his team to victory over a one seed, especially given his name, it is Oral Roberts' ace, Legend Smith, who's their Friday guy. And so I've got, I, I've got Oral Roberts in an upset over Texas a and Yes, let's get wild. Also, we got to shout out Isaac Coffey, who's Dustin Demeter's cousin. Isaac is hitting 387. He's hitting 29 games. They mostly deploy him against lefties. But then on the mound, he's one of their leaders in innings pitched with 82. He actually is the leader in innings pitch, and he's got a 372 ERA strikeout artist. He's a, he's a great player. He was great in high school, and he's going to continue to be great for Oral Roberts. Good two-way player to watch. Yeah, I was going to say, great call with Isaac Coffey. He was actually he was going to try and get him on the Katua Kettleers a couple of years back, but YD swooped in and got him. But, yeah, no, I have Oral Roberts actually beating Texas A&M. And then in that lower pod, I've got – or the I guess the lower part of the bracket, the, just the 3-2 yeah. game. I've wrestled with this one because – some weekends I've been really sold on TCU. They've looked like an Omaha team and other weekends I haven't. Um, and so it's all about which TCU team is going to show up. Are Elijah Nunez and Braden Taylor going to hit or, you know, are they going to maybe run into to some issues? But when all said and done, I've, I got TCU. They've got experience. This is a spot that they're used to being in. Um, they're used to playing at Texas A&M. So I've got TCU and Earl Roberts. Um, I actually don't have Texas A&M coming out of the loser's bracket um, and, and winning this regional. I'm so tempted to say Oral Roberts. Um, we got to do a Pete. They're winning. Yeah, let's go with Oral Roberts. Tell you. Let's go I'm with Oral Roberts. Take, well, let's have Oral Roberts coming out of this region. And looking at this team, you t- we talk about so much, and we've talked about it already on this show, um, depth matters. Oh, and yeah. this is a mid-major team that has depth. When so we much. look at the mound with Legend Smith and Isaac Coffey, um, even other guys, um, they can pitch and 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 they have offensive firepower. So you know what? We'll have we'll have Oral Roberts. I, I like Oral Roberts coming out of this region. I'm in. Um, yeah, it's very weird to see a what mid-major team with depth because usually it's it's top heavy and you've got that one stud. Like look at Campbell and Zach Neto, right? Like it's it's gonna be Neto or bust for Campbell versus Oral Roberts is some depth here. But going to the Louisville Regional, Louisville is the one seed there. Louisville overall is the 12 national seed. Oregon, the two. Michigan, the three. And Southeast Missouri State is the four. There are a lot of massive names here with Louisville, Oregon, and Michigan. Who's the best of the massive names? This one might come as a surprise with how quick I'm going to I like Louisville in this regional, and I, and I don't think that they're going to have a particularly hard time coming out of this regional. SEMO is a historically, they're another mid-major team that, that is good, but yeah. Michigan got the auto, automatic qualifier bid in the big 10, which is great. They're playing great baseball. Um, 
Oregon's another team. The Pac-12 is probably the most polished um, conference in college baseball, given the the style of play. They play a really um, professional brand of baseball. But but I have Louisville coming out of here. They've again they offensively they've got Jack Payton, Isaac Humphrey, um, Christian Napchek will be back for them. Um, and Love then my guy staff, Usher too. Oh, Levi Usher, and their pitching staff has been sound all year. They haven't been you know, they don't have an ACE like they did in years past necessarily, but they have enough guys that, that they can definitely get by in this regional. And so I've got Louisville coming out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I think Louisville is the easy answer, pitching, hitting. They're just clearly, I think the best team in this region. I think they roll. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to Gainesville, Florida, 39 and 22. Oklahoma is the two Liberty, the three central Michigan is the four. I'm pissed. Central Michigan got into the field. I needed my ball state Cardinals in. Um, I thought Ball State could actually make some noise. I think Central could make some noise, too. I've seen them play. I think they're a very solid team. Uh, I think Florida's really good, though, and they've got the bats, and obviously they've got the uh, the sex appeal for the the guys that liked the second-round pick and Judd Fabian coming into the year. Um, you know, they, they've got guys. Pete, yeah. but just before, I, I have a question for you, too, because for me, Florida is the big – upset like they're getting out of it early liberty already beat them two out of three i think oklahoma is a fantastic baseball team i think florida is the big name that gets out early do you agree or you're like no florida's going through this spoiler alert i'll take it even further i actually as i think about it more and it contradicts what i said in the text chain and all this i i'm actually i'll take central michigan beating them in that opening game um with that's Andy. what i'm talking about pete i'm on the it, same wavelength with Andrew Taylor on the mound, he's another guy who's a mid-major ace. He's on Jack probably knows all about him, but Andrew Taylor is is a fantastic, legitimate pro prospect arm. Um, and I think that he's gonna come up huge for him. I think he's gonna give him seven to eight good ones, maybe even go the distance. And if that offense can hang four or five runs for him, I think they win that baseball game. So I've got Central Michigan beating Florida, and you guys know all about my love, at least recently, for Oklahoma. So I've yeah. got I've got Central Michigan and Oklahoma. Um, I do probably think Florida comes out of that. I don't out of that losers area with with Liberty. Um, I don't see them going over at their own field again. That would just be uh, <laughs> that, that would suck. that would suck. That would speak volumes. Um, and so I've I've got um, Oklahoma beating Florida to head to a super regional. I like Oklahoma a lot. Not to jump ahead, but I I think Oklahoma's playing great baseball they're a complete team they've got a, a top end draft prospect in Peyton Graham um, among other guys they're going to be a team that's hard to beat and they should probably be hosting um, but they're not because the the committee is the committee um, <laughs> but no that they're they're a fantastic team that I'm really excited about Cool. And then bottom of the left side, Virginia Tech is the uh, the number four national seed. Um, they've got obviously a, a top 10 caliber guy in Gavin Cross, right? Either 41 and 12. Gonzaga is traditionally a baseball power. You don't have to stop watching Gonzaga sports after Chet Holmgren. Uh, number three is Columbia, who is a very solid Ivy League team. They got bit, the bid from the Ivy. And then Wright State is the four. They're a traditional Horizon League power. Uh, Virginia Tech is really good. I know a lot of people thought like borderline best team in the country for a little bit. Yeah, no, this region, again, I'll be, I'll be quick like Louisville. I think that Virginia Tech got a relatively generous draw. Um, so generous. Yeah, Gonzaga is probably the, actually the best pitching team in the region with Kempner and Hughes and, and Vreeling on the mound. Mm -hmm. um, 
which are three guys who will probably be top three round draft picks using Kempner probably day one. Um, but I, I don't see Virginia Tech having too many issues. Um, again, they can hit, like you said, with Gavin Cross, Cade Hunter, Jack Hurley, yeah. uh, Carson Demartini, Tanner Show. Like, this is, a, this is a really interesting team. And the more I talk about it, the more I get sold on them. And they can pitch, too, with Drew Hackenberg leading the way for them. Um, so I've got Virginia Tech coming out of here. I, I think um, Wright State obviously is a team that that is used to going on the road in regionals. They they kind of run the Horizon League, um, and they can hit. But I think Virginia Tech is just that good, and 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 I think they kind of roll through this regional in impressive fashion too, because I think that they're going to have to go up against one of Vreeling, Hughes, or Kempner. Probably, I'd say probably Kempner. Um, and they'll have to go up against him. And I, and I, and I think they beat him. I don't think Gonzaga has enough offensive firepower to, to kind of hit with Virginia tech for, for a sustainable nine innings. So I've, I've got Virginia tech coming out of here. Yeah, Pete, this is Christmas morning for Virginia tech. I mean, this is the easiest <laughs> draw. The only reason I didn't say that this was the easiest group of four is because of how good Virginia tech is, but to make the get Gonzaga, the two, I get it because of the pitching, but then to put Columbia and Wright state in there, like this is pretty weak. I say Virginia tech, doesn't lose a game. Like they're just going to roll through. They're so good. I, I, I couldn't agree more. All right. Let's go to the, uh, the right side. Uh, but before we do that, Peter Apple, how are, how impressed are you with Peter Flaherty's just ability to like recall all these names? I love it so much because I forget the names and I enjoy college baseball. I've been keeping track, of course, as the MLB season started. I, I've transitioned a lot of it, but I well, still we got the expert it. here, man. But literally, he's an expert. And he's just he's just jogging my mind to helping me remember things. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a it's a dictionary of college baseball right now. I love it. <laughs> I can't. I, I appreciate it. I do have a little notes app cheat sheet going here, but I don't tell us that. Yeah. Why you uh, yeah, now? We, now the interview's over. We'll I'll cut it that part. Yeah, no, we can yeah, edit no, it in I've post. Been, <laughs> I've, been, I've been bringing out midweek scores and K Denton's whip, and I've just been, I got them just right in the back of my mind. God, let's go. Um, all right. Palo Alto, Stanford is the, um, what, they're the number two national seed. Stanford is a wagon at the moment. They're 41 and 14. Texas State is the two. UC Santa Barbara is the three. Binghamton has a long ass flight across the country as the four seed. Stanford's really strong, like really strong, right? Okay. Pete. Yeah. And, oh, no, go ahead. and no, you go, if you want to go for a Pete, I, I go. For I just, it. I only wanted to ask the quick question. Please tell me UCSB is beating Texas state because then they're going to go play Stanford. And then they're going to lose because Brock Shots. Jones looks like Mike Trout, but UCSB is beating Texas state. Come on. Hasn't Brock I, yeah. Jones had a rough year? Brock picked it up. He started off slow, but if you look at the Stanford lineup and the Stanford team recently, everyone is hitting, everyone is hitting and everyone is pitching. They are so collectively playing probably the best baseball of anyone in the country right now, probably other than Tennessee, other than Tennessee, but they're everyone is, is, is hitting the best they have. Um, Drew Bowser is, is looking like the Drew Bowser they got out of high school who were, they were lucky to get to campus. Um, on the mound, they have tons of aces. They've got Alex Williams. Drew Dowd is way better than his numbers suggest. Um, and then their lineup, like you said, Brock Jones, who 
started off slow, but I mean, he's, he, he, when he's hot, he's, he, he's, um, he hits as well as anyone. So yeah, we said started off slow and then now he's hitting 330 with an 1100 OPS. So there that's we what go. I'm talking about. He looks like Mike Trout and he's thick and he's a linebacker and he plays football too. Hey, he was so a safety. Athletic. He was a safety and he quit football. Oh, he quit yeah, football. He, I didn't know he quit. And he started for him. Yeah. Um, so no, I've got, and not to look ahead, I, I think Stanford not only has a, a reasonably favorable draw um, in this regional, because I think that UCSB throws their ace, um, Corey Lewis, in the first mm-hmm. game against to, to beat a, a quality Texas State team. But in looking a little bit ahead, I think Stanford's got a really, really good draw for their Omaha aspirations. Um, yeah. Aside from how they're playing, how they're playing is – is great alone, but I think with the matchups and how they can line up this pitching and they don't have to travel anywhere. Um, I, and whoever they get out of that other regional is going to have to take a long flight um, across the country. So I I think they're in really good position to, to, to make a deep run at this thing. Good point. And I love that we're laying the groundwork here in the regional so we can just quickly go through the, the matchups and the supers and give you the eight teams that are going to Omaha. Uh, Maryland is hosting in College Park. They're the one. They're 45 and 12. Wake is the two. UConn. Holy crap. UConn is 46 and 13. And then LIU is the four there. Maryland, who just threw that perfect game a couple weeks ago? Ryan Ramsey. He's a, okay. he's a, I think he's a redshirt sophomore, lefty pitcher. He's a great arm and, and, a, and a perfect game, obviously. So, um, they're, they're a great team, I think, obviously, with the, the season they put together. Um, but one note is UConn a three at 46 and 13. Um, I, I think they're going to win. Team to host in the Big East eventually, they're either going to have to leave or they're going to have to put up like a Tennessee record because they won 46 games. Yeah, their RPI wasn't there. The Big East isn't amazing, um, but they won the Big East again pretty handily. They won 46 games. And they're a three seed, not even a two seed. I, that's Weird. that's tough. Um, but with that being said, oh man, I don't want to go like with the trendy upset heavy. Um, this isn't too big of an upset. I actually have Wake Forest coming out of here. Um, really? I, yeah, I I like them a lot. They've got Rhett Louder, Teddy McGraw on the mound. That's their their kind of one two punch. Um, with guys to supplement supplement that with Cam Manasi out of the bullpen, Seth Keener, um, Gabe Golub, who's a redshirt senior with experience. And then their lineup can really, really hit. Um, Tommy Hawk is a little spark plug up at the top. He's like 5'7", but he hits, he's hitting 380. He's just a pure slash guy. Um, Brock Wilkin, Nick Kurtz, Brendan Tinsman. I like this team a lot, and and I and I think they make it out of the College Park Regional to to have a date in Palo Alto. Cool. Pete, uh, we'll put Wake Forest in there because you know better than I. But me personally, when I was filling out this bracket, I had UConn I was, having the upset over Wake Forest and then making it past Maryland. They have the fourth best strikeout to walk ratio the in in the entire Division One. They have the pitching to make it, and they have the hitting to get it together. I, I have UConn making it past Maryland and past Wake Forest. We can go with Wake Forest if you like. I I just wanted to – I'm all over UConn. I think they got the pitching to do it. What you said, and literally it was a coin flip in my in my head until I until I literally said I, I've got Wake Forest because it was UConn or Wake Forest for me. And, and, it, and, and I think, again, if we want to 
make this three, two matchup. If we want to make it a big one, um, similar to Texas tech and Notre Dame, I think that whoever wins this one wins the regional too. Um, Me too. So I, I think it could go either way. And that UConn Wake game is going to be a great game. I think at least I hope so. It'd be disappointing if it weren't. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I have, man, uh, I'll stick stay with, with your gut. I'll yeah. stick with Wake. You go with UConn, but I, I'll stand by the fact that whoever wins that game is going to win the regional. I'm only, I believe you over me. I, Yeah. Yeah. I believe, I believe Pete Flaherty <laughs> over Peter Apple, but don't be surprised if Peter Apple pulls something out of his hat. That's all I got to yeah, say. It's not gambling advice, right? Um, all right. Advice. Chapel not bracket Hill. advice. Yeah, yeah. Not bracket advice. Uh, Chapel Hill, Carolina is the one at 38 and 19. Carolina was the number 10 national seed. Georgia is the two. VCU, the three. Hofstra, the four. Um, we saw Georgia play in the SEC tournament. Arm and I did in Hoover. And like, you know, I, I guess they were kind of impressive. They had those uh, those twins um, that, you know, were, were fine. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe we just didn't see their best arms. Like they they were not too hot. And, and they're a two here. It feels like a week two. Yeah, no, I, I I think that they're they're a good team. Um, they have some pieces. I, I mean, you guys saw. I think Jaden Woods is a good arm for them. Yeah. Um, I think Corey Collins is is a fantastic player. He may have not stood out in Hoover, um, but he's got capability. Um, I just think that they're they're an above average team. But I think UNC, especially, I sound like a broken record, but coming into the tournament hot is such a big key to it. Massive and playing your best baseball and UNC was a bubble team, not even three weeks ago. Um, people were talking about whether or not UNC was going to get in this thing. Um, and then they just all hell broke loose and, and everyone's clicking and, and Vance Honeycutt is, is, is the guy that makes that team go. And he's got an elite name. Yeah. Um, elite. He put up a 2020 season. Um, their pitching is finally starting to, show the depth that people thought um and i've got unc winning this regional but i do have vcu beating georgia um i have, I have unc and, and vcu going up in that 1-0 game and, cool. and i've got unc winning the regional sweet love it uh Peter yeah, I'm on what you think carolina unc is gonna roll there no doubt go. all right uh how about the pokes in stillwater oklahoma state's the one arkansas is the two they started screaming hot then they cooled off a little bit oh grand geez. canyon at 41 to 19 is the three missouri state is the four missouri state another traditional power much like this dallas baptist one. that might be on the downswing this is a good regional he similar to texas you and i fell in love with arkansas early on but oklahoma state i think is gonna beat them you know what i I do think that it's going to be a great regional championship game with Arkansas and Oklahoma state. Um, I, I do think that Arkansas gets by grand Canyon. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Oklahoma state's similar with most state, but Oklahoma state and Stillwater. Um, I know they're a team on a mission. I know they've really been wanting to break that Omaha seal for a while now. Um, and this is the team to do it. Um, They've got Justin Campbell, Trevor Martin. Um, offensively, they've got. You Martin could go Brown. on. I mean, they they they're so loaded, and Oklahoma State. It, it just sucks because I have Arkansas for future. I have a future bet on them, but I just I don't see how they get past Oklahoma State. I especially in Stillwater, I think they roll. Yeah, I I've got Oklahoma State with you. We align. I've I've got Oklahoma State beating Arkansas. 
in a really well-played um, regional championship game. Coral Gables, Miami is the one. Arizona, the two. Ole Miss, the three. And Canisius, the four. Uh, I made a joke about Canisius before we started recording. And Peter Flaherty, again, with the master recall, uh, I chose the wrong guy. I said, who really needs to know about the second baseman at Canisius? And you said that the second baseman at Canisius is actually kicking ass so far this year. Yeah, no, Canisius is really good. And you know what? This is like, I'm debating saying it because it's such a weird fact that I know, but the Golden <laughs> Griffins of, of Canisius, they recruit Canada really well. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Max Grant, the second baseman that uh, we we unintentionally referenced um, at yeah. the start of the show, he's, he's a freaking legit bat and a legit player. Um, he's from up north. Um, and their their best freshman pitcher and their best arm in general, um, Peyton Consigli, I think his name is. He's also from Ontario. He's a six five righty, um, who's who's been their best pitcher. So, Canisius is a bright future, and they're great for a Northeast program. But they got to make the flight down to Coral Gables, hostile environment in Miami. Um, I feel like we can move past that one. There's no way they're beating Miami. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've got Miami both against Canisius, and I think I've got Miami against the winner of Ole Miss in Arizona. Okay, uh, but think about this for a second. I feel like I'm shitting on Florida baseball because I said Florida is the odd man out in their group of four. I, I think the winner of Arizona versus Ole Miss is going to beat Miami. I like that a lot. Back on Arizona, I still believe in Ole Miss. You know, I still have, a, of course, another future on Ole Miss to win the College World Series. Place too many think, futures. <laughs> I know, I have, I, have, I have plenty of futures. There was just so many teams that I liked. And I've been following them all year. I think Arizona is freaking loaded. I think Ole Miss is loaded. I, I do think both of those teams can beat Miami. I would side with Arizona beating Ole Miss and then Arizona beating Miami. But you, you don't you don't see eye to eye. No, I was my I, that you sold me again. How you sold me on? I think our first episode you sold me on. I think Oklahoma State being in your top five. Um, so good. You've got me on Arizona now too. Um, yeah, and and I and it was a debate in my head too because I I think that Miami gets by Canisius, um, and I think for as fortunate Ole Miss is to get into the tournament and they they've got a great team They're They were number one for a reason. And they were able to sustain a, a pretty good start to the year. Um, well, actually they weren't able to sustain it, but, but they proved they can play good baseball for a two week period. Um, but I, I do have Arizona. Um, I think that they are a really good team with Susack and Chase Davis yeah. um, and TJ Nichols, who's another guy who's, stuff is way better than his numbers demonstrate he's been getting yeah. hit a little bit this year but if they get the ace tj nichols that everyone's been expecting and they've seen a little bit in doses um i think that's a great way to set the tone so you know what i've, I've got arizona coming out of here as well damn on, pete. how about that peter Appleswain, pete flaherty this is not what i signed up for i signed <laughs> up for a q a with the expert um all right, uh, let's go to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Had a great lunch in Hattiesburg last week. Southern Miss is the one, 43 and 16. LSU might be the best two in the country. They're 38 and 20. Kennesaw State is the three. West Point is the four. We know how much talent LSU has. A lot of it is offensively. Do they have the type of offense to combat Southern Miss's pitching? Yeah. LSU, I think that if, 
we were talking again pre-show about Southern Miss's pitching and how good they are. And with being a Conference USA team, a mid-major team, they're obviously going to be slept on. They have the staff, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but they have the staff, and I know Peter Apple is, is bullish on them as well, to make it to Omaha. Um, we saw it early. Everyone was very much in on Southern Miss. They were as high as number three in the country. They got off to that roaring start. Dropped a couple Conference USA series, and people were kind of like, hey, maybe this team isn't, you know, they're a great team, but maybe they're not the Omaha team we thought they were. Um, I don't know if they get to Omaha, but man, if they could win this region with scoring, I think less than 15 runs in three games. Literally. Um, their, their pitching is that good with Tanner Hall, Hurston Waldrip out of the, out of the bullpen. They've got Landon Harper, Dalton Rogers, Isaiah Rhodes. Um, they're, they're really well put together pitch, pitching staff and, you know, I, I'm curious to see who they use against Army because Army's a good team, and I know that you want to line up your pitching. I know that they're going to want to have their their guys ready for LSU because that's that's a, an offense that's up there with the Georgia Techs and the Tennessees of the world. Um, but I think they get by a good Army team, and then I, you know what, I I think that they've got enough pitching to combat LSU's offense. Um, I really do. I think between Waldrop and Hall, whoever they have going in that game too. Um, assuming they win, if they lose, they're screwed because I don't think that they can make it out of loser's bracket, but, um, I, I think they've got enough to, to hold LSU at bay at bay being three to four runs. And they've got, I think just enough hitting to maybe scrape together four or five runs themselves to win that game. And, and again, I think they win this regional scoring like 15 to 18 runs. I agree. Pete. Southern Miss is the team that I, like you said, are so incredibly bullish on. They are the number one team in all of baseball, in all of Division One baseball, excuse me, in strikeout to walk rate. Unbelievable pitching staff. I think behind Tennessee, this is the second best pitching staff in the country. I, I think they're go, and then I think they're going to beat Arizona too. I, I Southern Miss is going to be kind of my pick to go as far as possible. I, I love this team. I think they're going to roll. Yeah. And if you look at Hurston Waldrip, um, he, Tanner Hall is obviously, I'd say, if you just look at the straight numbers, um, he's the best arm on the staff. But if you look at Waldrip pitch and his stuff, he's got the best stuff on the staff. And I'd put him up against anyone in the country. Um, If you look at his delivery, it's eerily similar to Jack Leiter. It's that up tempo, kind of really powerful in the lower half delivery um, with elite stuff. He's, he's been up to 102. Um, and that's not like rearing back and firing. Um, he can, he can pitch at probably 96 to 99 for a while. And his slider is just, it, it's a plus Pitching wins championships and, and they got it. Yeah. And the more I talk about it, the more I get sold on this team. So right. no, I've, I've, I've got Southern Miss coming out of Hattiesburg. Let's go. Fair. Um, all right. Auburn, Auburn is the one seed. They're 37 and 19 UCLA might've just used up all their runs in the Pac-12 tournament in that one Literally. day against Oregon State. <laughs> um, so we'll see. But UCLA is the two. Florida State, the three. Southeastern Louisiana, who is a traditional mid-major power, uh, is the four. Sonny DeShera bangs. He absolutely bangs. We'll see what he can do uh, at his home ballpark. Certified banger. Parker Messick, he can only throw once, right? But the whole Yo, staff is so you, good. I don't know if anyone's going to like my – I. By Pete's reception of that comment, he might like this pick, but I've I've got Florida State winning this regional. Uh, 
I think that UCLA is coming into this tournament. Um, gassed. They're a little banged. Yep. They're a little yeah. banged up and gassed. Um, they're going to be without Jake Brooks, um, Max Ratchick. Um, Cody Schreier also didn't play um, in the last couple of Pac-12 games. So I don't know what the status is with him. Um, and no doubt they're a good team. They've got uh, Ethan Flanagan, um, Alonzo Treadwell. They've got a lot of, they've got a fantastic young core. And if we talk, this time next year, I think UCLA could be a top eight national seed, but um, I've got Florida state. Um, I think that they can hit enough. Um, they can cobble together enough hitting between guys like James Tibbs, Brett Roberts, uh, Jaime Ferrer and Alex Terrell um, to make a run at this thing. And their pitching is, is one we were really bullish on now. And at the, at their or, um, intro podcast to the college baseball season, Mexican Hubbard were Mexican Hubbard this year. Um, They've got a great freshman in Connor Whitaker. Yep. And I, I think that they make it out of this region. Uh, I, I like their pitching a lot and I, I like their lineup a lot. And I, and I think they match up well with all these teams. So I'll, I'll take the Knolls. Pete, right, I man. freaking love you. I, I just want to apologize to Florida baseball because I have shit on Miami and Florida, but I'm so far in on Florida State. They're going to beat Auburn. They're going to beat UCLA and they're going to make some noise. How about I'm that, with man? All right, uh, let's wrap in Corvallis because uh, we talk about long flights. The Whistler is going to have to make a very long flight to Corvallis, Oregon here. Uh, Oregon State's the one at 44 and 15. The Vandy boys are the, uh, the two seed. The three is San Diego. The four is New Mexico State. Uh, New Mexico State 24 and 32. No more Nikki G for them. But uh, Peter Flaherty, before we get into what happens in this regional, how much do you hate the Whistler on the scale of one to 10? You know what? I'll, I'll take the, uh, I'll take the good guy answer. I don't hate anyone. Um, I strongly dislike, I strongly dislike the whistler though at a nine and a half. Okay, cool. Mm. He's I, I, it's people talk about it all the time. Like, Oh man, so-and-so's on the broadcast. I got to mute it. So-and-so is doing this. I got to mute the TV. No one actually like mutes the TV. I mute the TV with, with when the Vandy whistler is humming along. So I'll be watching that game on mute um, with yep. closed captions. And uh, yeah. <laughs> The thing is, Vanderbilt's going to lose because Oregon State's going to roll through this group of four, in my opinion. Yeah, I, you're, you're speaking my language because I think that, while no matter what, Vanderbilt's always tough to bet against with um, – I, I, I'm the coaching staff guy, but I do yeah. think that Tim Corbin makes a huge difference for that team and with his experience and knowledge of the game. And they do have a lot of talent. I just think Oregon State is very, very, very good. And I think win the whole thing and they're going to have jerpy in that game too, because they're not throwing them against New Mexico state. Um, and they can really hit with guys like uh, Justin Boyd, Jacob Melton, Garrett Forrester, Travis Bazana. Yeah. Um, I've got Oregon state winning this region like you Pete. Um, and I've got them beating Vandy and, and don't sleep on San Diego in that first game. Um, they won the whack obviously to, to, I think steal a bid because they wouldn't have gotten in um, as an at-large because Gonzaga did. Um but Bryson Motts is a really good left-handed pitcher they've got. Um, he's getting some draft buzz. He's a, any good lefty is always tough to hit against. Um, I don't know if they've got the bats maybe aside from Kevin Sim, um, Chase Medroth and Jack Costello to keep up with Vandy. But if Bryson Motts gives them a good outing, um, you could say that about any pitcher giving a team a good outing, but yeah. Bryson Motts has a legit chance to beat Vanderbilt in that first game. I, I'm not, I don't have the balls to pick it, but 
Um, keep an eye on that, but I've, I've got Oregon State. Hey, man, if JT Brubaker gives the Pirates a good outing against the Dodgers, they can win a game. Actually, and when you have when you have Jerpy, as in my opinion, he's the best pitcher in college baseball, along with one of the best offenses in baseball. This Oregon State team, you know, we're about to get to our picks. I don't think they're a bad pick to win at all. I really don't. Yeah. Hey, well, no spoiler alert. Let's get but, to the picks. Uh, that, I like that pick a lot. Let's get to the that. Picks. Okay, let's fly through the supers. Um, and Peter Flaherty, my working plan is to have you on right before Omaha to talk about the eight teams. So we can save our national title pick, uh, or you can give it to us. Um, but I'll Tennessee, give it now, and I'll, okay. I'll give a revised one too. I'll give a cop. I like Hopefully, that. my my pick is still standing. I think it will be perfect. Okay, um, we'll go rapid fire here through these uh, regional winners to get to Omaha in the super regional. This would line up in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Notre Dame. Does Tennessee win it in two or three? Two. Uh, Tennessee and two. Okay. So Tennessee first. Same page beat. <laughs> yeah. I just... uh, Texas and Virginia. This would be in Austin. Wahoo wah in three. Wow. Okay. Virginia, baby. Yeah, I think so too. The four seed Oral Roberts and Louisville. This would happen in Louisville. <sighs> Don't do it. Don't do Louisville. it. Yeah, fair. Fair. The Cinderella Fine. runs at the Cinderella run ends in three. We'll say three. Yeah. In three easily. Uh, Hard fought extra innings. Oklahoma yeah, we, and Virginia we, tech and Blacksburg, Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma They're I talk about them in the group chat all the time. Everyone gets annoyed. I talk about them on here. They're awesome. And Virginia tech is a great team, but Oklahoma's Oklahoma's playing with their hair on fire. And, and I think they make it to Omaha. Peter Apple, you're going to push back right now and don't do it because Peter Flaherty just said Oklahoma so quickly. Okay. I, I just it's really a, like Virginia no, Tech. Virgi- I, I, I like that. I, I like the pick. I, I, I like Virginia Tech, but I, I respect Oklahoma. They're also awesome. But to Pete's point, though, I love Virginia Tech and Oklahoma might be my two like biggest, I guess, crushes in this tournament. Tennessee is obviously Tennessee, so that doesn't count. But yeah. I hate that they got matched up because – I'd have Virginia Tech and Omaha if they were matched up probably against anyone else other than Oklahoma and Tennessee yeah, and Oregon State. Um, all right, Stanford and Wake. Stanford, I, don't, I, I think that their depth reigns supreme. Uh, Wake is going to probably come out a little beat up of College Park on a long flight, um, and, and Stanford's going to be refreshed. So I think Stanford gets back to Omaha. This In two. Be- in two, this would be an interesting one. Carolina and Oklahoma State in Stillwater. The Pokes break the seal. I think they get to Omaha. All right. Easy. What about you, Pete? I if we're breezing through these too fast, Oklahoma State. We're in depth, but Oklahoma. No, I, I I like I like how we're going around to Oklahoma State because we went through everything Oklahoma yeah, State. We Pokes. got the primer on everybody. They can go back. Yeah, and I was listen. gonna say Justin Campbell will still be good in the super regional. Great. If anybody's going to stop being good from the regional to the super, let us know before. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Arizona and Southern Miss. This would be in Hattiesburg. Ooh. But listen, we talk about how good the starting rotation is. That lines up really well for them in a super, right? With this matchup, it's interesting because Arizona can really hit. Yeah. And in Arizona's pitching might not be. Oh, Southern Miss, Pete, say it. Say it, Pete. Southern Miss. Please. Are they in Hattiesburg? Yeah, they're in Hattiesburg. I'll take in Southern Miss in three. Let's I think go, they. Baby. I think they make it to. I legitimately think 
and granted they they either probably get bounced around one or or everyone's like southern miss's offense came out of nowhere but i think southern miss makes it to omaha scoring like five which in college is 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 nothing they they probably make it to omaha scoring like five runs a game that's amazing so i got them um, all right, Florida State and Oregon State. This would happen in Corvallis. Oregon State, I think, in a tough two. Um, yeah. I, I think it's it'll be a, a sweep, but I don't think it's going to be like, wow, Oregon State coasted by FSU. I love the term tough two. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> all right, eight teams in Omaha in our provisional bracket brought to you by Peter Flaherty. Tennessee, Virginia, Louisville, Oklahoma, Stanford, Oklahoma State, Southern Miss and Oregon State. Who's winning it? I'll go first because I probably know the least. Tennessee is 53 and seven. Is it one through nine, all with 10 plus bombs this year? I think it's, it might even be higher than that. Actually, you know what? Their leadoff guy, Seth Stevenson, has five. Um, okay. But if you watch him play, he plays way bigger than he is. Um, so eight guys in their lineup have 10 plus bombs? I think it's eight. Yeah. And it might even be like 12 plus. Dude. Lake Burke, their eight hitter, has 12 and 75 at bats. Dude. Peter Apple, who you think? I mean, it's like, of course we can pick Tennessee. Tennessee's the best team in this. Um, they had as many earned runs as home runs this year at 141, which is just incredible. Pete, Pete brought that stat into our baseball group chat. We posted on TikTok. He got 750,000 views because of how insane. Big numbers guy. You hear that? Numbers guy. <laughs> analytics the numbers. Guy. I but, love it. I will just be different. I will be different. And I think the winner between Oregon State and Oklahoma State is going to win this. And I'm going to go with Oregon State winning the entire thing or Oklahoma State. I, I want like to pick either one of those two. And, and, and the eight that we have, there's an argument to be made, obviously, for Tennessee, um, Oregon State, of course. But there's even an argument to be made for Stanford. Um, I know. You could argue even for a, a tougher one to be made, I guess, for Louisville and Oklahoma. Um, but you know what? I thought about being different and, and actually going with Stanford. Um, I, I'm really loving how they're playing right now, and, and they're used to that Omaha setting. It's just so, so hard to, to envision a team beating Tennessee twice. Kentucky did it, but they, they walked into Lexington – I think just half asleep. Um, they, they just weren't really present in that series and they kind of walked out of there being like, well, we lost that series. And then they, then they never off. lost again. <laughs> they, they went four and in Hoover. Um, so I I've got Tennessee. I just think that there's no weak spot. There's no worry about using arms. There's no like they've, they've got not only a great one through nine, they've got, a great 10 and 11 off the bench that they can play with matchups hitting wise. So I have Tennessee winning it all. It's, it, it's just damn near impossible to pick against them. So I will take, I'll take the field and I'm officially going with Oregon state. I think Oregon state wins it in Omaha. Okay. Tennessee versus pick. the field. I like Tennessee versus the field because we've got two is. for Tennessee and one for the field. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the field. Everyone awesome. else. And I might be wrong. That's how good Tennessee is. Well, naturally. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I was going to say, I'm curious to see uh, in our pre Omaha, in our Omaha primer episode, who these, who these eight end up being, because obviously there's a chance it's all eight. There's a chance that we're sitting here talking about like Arkansas, Ole Miss, uh, UCLA, Central Michigan and Florida, heaven forbid. 
Southeast Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, damn right. So, all right, this was perfect. Peter Flaherty, the man. We can't wait to talk to you before Omaha, but this should serve as your primer for the regionals that start tomorrow. Sit down, be a vegetable on the couch, and just watch college baseball all weekend long. This is the one weekend that I think people should be exempt from watching Major League Baseball. <laughs> I, know, I know that's my plan, and, and thanks so much for having me on, guys. It's, it's always a great time chopping up with you guys and, and talking about all these great teams, and, and I'm excited to see how it all shakes out and, and where we stand in a few weeks. You're the man, Pete. We love talking college baseball with you. And to wrap up, make sure you download the Loop app. That is in our episode link description as well. You get a free $20 playing with our friends at Loop. A bunch of baseball cards. I just got a new shipment of my Loop cards because I can't stop buying packs in there because it's so freaking fun. As well as join our chalkboard group chat. That's in our episode description as well. And uh, make sure you subscribe to all the different podcasts across the Just Baseball Network, whether that Boys be of Spring. the Vision Podcast. The, <laughs> I'm just getting to it. The Boys of Spring Podcast, our college baseball pod, which is churning out a bunch of episodes they were just live on our youtube breaking down selection sunday as yeah. well as not gambling vice my fantasy baseball podcast as well as the call up where arm is breaking down all the podcasts jack is on that a ton too we have a bunch of podcasts on the network and make sure you're subscribed to our youtube channel as well because we're pushing out all the videos on there of course we love that you listen on audio if you could leave, leave a five-star review or if you're on youtube let us know take a and breath that, now man, deep breath you got it all covered all oh, covered. i can keep going for i can keep going don't can do it going. Don't do Prospects, it. Prospects, college, pro, <laughs> state of the and, division. You can, and with yeah, that, you can listen to any of these podcasts and get your fix. Yeah. And with that, thank you, everybody. Thanks, Ed.